This is the Mark Madden Show. And I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Patrick Cornquist will miss game four of the series against Philadelphia tomorrow night with an upper body injury that is said to be a concussion. To repeat, Patrick Cornquist is out for game four at Philadelphia tomorrow night. Losing Hornquist hurts, especially against the Flyers, because of his physical presence. It sabotages that newly assembled sin line, and it murders the Penguins' power play. That is some real bad news for the Penguins. To repeat, Patrick Hornquist out tomorrow night, game four at Philadelphia. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Penn's coach Mike Sullivan described Hornquist as day-to-day. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm told it's probably a concussion. If today's Penguins practice is any indication, Dominic Simone jumps right onto Sid's line. That's quite a jump from healthy scratch onto Sidney Crosby's line. It's not what I would do. I would move Brian Rust back to Sid's line, but that really hurts the third line. But what about Zach Aston Reese? But Simone did okay with Sid earlier in the season. Losing Hornquist is just a killer with the power play. As Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette tweeted, the Penn's power play with Hornquist in the lineup is 72 for 275 on the season. That includes playoffs. That's a conversion rate of 26.2%. Without Hornquist, the power play is at 12.9%. Four for 31. Not good. How much does this hurt the Penguins? What should Sullivan do? Who should replace Hornquist on Sid's line? And on the power play. Let me know what you think. 412-333-WXDX. There is some good news. Couturier got hurt today at Flyers practice. That's their number one center. But there's no word yet on his status for game four. I'll tell you what I would do on the power play in just a couple minutes. But let me preface by saying... Sullivan will not do it. Well, he might. Later, not sooner. He certainly won't do it at the start of Game 4. But to me, the answer is obvious. Uh, There's a headline in the Post-Gazette today that hit the nail right on the head. Quote, Harrison, great stealer, but not Hall of Famer. That should end the discussion right there. I wish the Penguins played tonight. I like it when there's one day between games in a series. You play every other day. I hate this extra day. But in the meantime, here's what I'll be watching this evening. Washington plays at Columbus. That will make or break. Uh, The Pirates lost in the snow at PNC last night. And the attendance was said to be 9,000, 
but they lied. It was much less. Through four innings, the Bucks just had one base runner. But they're 11 and 5. No problem. Go Bucks. When the weather gets warm and they're still leading the division, everyone will show up and the profit margin will increase. Otherwise, they'll just trade Jay Hay. Of course, I'm kidding. The Pirates are going to trade Jay Hay no matter what. The Oakland A's are offering free tickets and free parking for their game tonight. I wonder what their attendance will be, and I wonder what would happen if the Pirates did that. How many people would show up at PNC? What if you had free tickets and free parking at PNC, and it was still only 6,000 people that showed up? But baseball and football, uh, they're weird situations now because teams don't have to sell tickets to make a profit. Getting back to hockey, as we will discuss uh, just about all day, there's a column in the Philadelphia Inquirer that basically says the Flyers have zero chance in this series against Pittsburgh and points out that the Flyers' so-called established players are letting them down badly, uh, not just in this series, not just this spring, but over their entire playoff careers. Uh, Claude Giroux has two goals in his last 16 playoff games. Jacob Voracek has just three points in his last nine playoff games. And Simmons has zero goals in his last 10 playoff games. And Simmons' ice time is decreasing drastically as this opening round series goes on. Uh, This series is not over, but the Flyers just aren't as good as the Penguins. I would have said that the Penguins were going to win the next two games and close out the series, but I want to see how the Hornquist factor, how his absence plays out. Jonathan Bombouli wrote some interesting facts in today's trib. The referees supposedly put their whistles away in the playoffs, but there have been 28 power plays in the first three games of this series. I think that's a reaction to some of the really dirty play across these playoffs and because all three games of this series have been lopsided. 7-0-1-5-5-1, and that's the refs trying to maintain control. JB also points out that the Penguins aren't supposed to be all that gritty, but have blocked 45 shots in the first three games against Philadelphia. Well, that's just playoff hockey. Ruedel leads the team with nine shots blocked. Ruedel, that's the guy who took Cole's place. Cole was the guy who blocked all the shots. And the Pens PK has been okay without Cole so far, ranking fourth in the playoffs with a success rate of almost 85%, and I have no idea how they're doing it without Ian Cole. A lot has gone right for the Penguins. The power play produced in Game 3. Sinjino are producing. Murray had major impact on winning Game 3, and he pitched a shutout in Game 1. Don't forget these guys are two-time defending champions. You should expect good things. And yeah, Hornquist is hurt right now, but injuries occur in the playoffs. The Penguins have survived plenty of injuries. What, Hornquist last year, I think in the Ottawa series, missed six games. So they've done it without him before. 
Perhaps they can do it without him tomorrow night. Okay, here's what I'd do with that Hornquist. And then I want your reaction, 412-333-WXDX. I would start the game having Simone with Sid and Gensel. All the other lines remain the same that way. And Simone has done okay when he's played with Sid. Although he will not come close to helping Sid down low like Cornquist does. On the power play, I use Zach Aston Reese. For sure. He's a down low guy. Put Aston Reese out there and place a Hornquist. Leave Gensel on the second unit, which has looked good. And put Zach Aston Reese in front of the net on the number one unit. Now, Sullivan won't see it that way, at least not at the start of game four. But Sully's better than most coaches at adjusting on the fly, knowing just when to pull the trigger on the mid-game switcheroo. What Sullivan uses when the puck drops tomorrow night might well change because of circumstance before the game is over. Got some great guests today. Stan Saverin, the godfather, joins me at 4.30. And then, you missed him yesterday. You'll love him today. He no-showed to get more money, and I understand they've given it to him. That's great news. It's the old 2-9er Phil Bork at 5.30. It's the best hockey talk in town, and you can hear it only right here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. This is Patrick Hornquist of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. As mentioned, Patrick Hornquist out of tomorrow's game four at Philadelphia. Also mentioned at Flyers practice, uh, Couturier, their number one center, wimped off. Radko Gudas, that meathead defenseman, inadvertently ran Couturier over. Good. That's fitting. That's justice. A big moron like Gudas can't help but hurt people. Couturier has not been officially cleared to play tomorrow, nor listed as out. I don't know what Philadelphia does if Couturier can't play. I'd move Giroux back to center probably, but the Flyers beat writers on Twitter seem to think Nolan Patrick and Valtteri Filippola would just move up the depth chart and Giroux would play at left wing where he's been all year. A Hackstall was shuffling his lines in the first place and then Couturier got hurt. It was going to be Couturier between Giroux and Voracek, all the eggs in one basket. It looks like Simone's going to skate on Sid's line to place a Hornquist. Simone did that some earlier this season. Played okay, but who's not going to play at least okay with Sid at center? I think Hornquist lost. It's so damaging, so crippling on the power play. You can get by without Hornquist 5-on-5. That top power play has all the potential to be garbage. Uh, You heard the splits earlier in the show with Hornquist this year. 
The Penguins' power plays converted 26.2% of the time. Without Hornquist in the lineup, it's at 12.9% of the time. Now, uh, in practice today, as in the past, Jake Gensel replaced Hornquist on the first power play. And that means it won't be anywhere near the same. Hornquist is a bruiser. Gensel's a finesse guy. Hornquist is a net front presence. All Gensel does is stand in front of the net, and the Flyers will make sure that doesn't last long. The Penguins' power play can't even remotely be the same. It's very likely to languish on the perimeter, as it sometimes does even when Hornquist is playing. Now, I would put Aston Reese on the top power play from the get-go. He's no classic net front presence like Hornquist. Not a true battler. But he's not shy. He gets in there. He stays in there. He might drift a little bit around the house. But Aston Reese is not a perimeter player by any means. He's cagey. When the moment of truth comes, Aston Reese is very adept at making plays in tight quarters. So that's what I would do. Let's see what some of you would do. Jay and McMurray. Jay, you're on the Mark Madden Show. I was just um, just going to talk about Hornquist's injury. Was it a concussion? And I thought it was pretty uh, pretty fitting Couturier gets hurt by Gudis in practice. I thought that was a... Uh... Well, I don't like to see anybody get hurt unless it's somebody on the flyer, so I'm very happy Couturier may be out. That's right. It, it looks like Hornquist... Uh, may be concussed, and it was just a few games ago they were talking about him embellishing a collisions. Although I, I think Hornquist pretty... got concussed in Game 3, or he wouldn't have played in Game 3. But uh, what would you do to replace him? Who would you put where? I'd probably put Reese up top. He's uh, a little bit more aggressive. I think Gensel has a net uh, presence. You mean on the power player, or do you mean on the first line mm-hmm. with Sid? Maybe just on the first line. I don't know. He no, if, more, if, uh... if I would put Asterisk anywhere... Further up the depth chart, it would be on the top power play. Sid's a persnickety little cuss, uh, five on five especially. That's the one thing Simone has going for him when it comes to skating on a line with Sid five on five. He's done it before. He knows what Sid wants him to do. You'd be throwing Aston Reese right into the fire in that regard. But that's what they said about Dawkins. Let's go to Joe in the car. Joe, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, good afternoon, Mark. How are you? Good afternoon. Hey, uh, I would look at putting uh, Reese on the first unit of the power play, and depending on how he performs, you know, then maybe possibly throw him up there with shit on the first line. Here's the problem with that, yeah. though. Him and Gensler both left wings. I think each can kind of play right wing. Do you want somebody to go out there and kind of play right wing? In the Stanley not Cup playoffs? Not this time of the year. <laughs> yeah, not this time of the year. If, hey, uh, if, real, if real it's quick. not Simone, then it should be Rust. And I honestly believe at some point during Game 4, it will be Rust. I just don't think they want to put Simone and Sherry on Broussard's wings. And I'm with them on that because those guys are too small, too soft, that wouldn't serve Broussard or the third line very well, but Aston Reese could just move into Sherry's spot. I just, I'm not high on Sherry. I think Aston Reese 
can do more. 412-333-9939. We got the dude. Hopefully he'll abide by staying on hold. We have Grant as well. If we're just tuning in, Patrick Hornquist will not play a game for Philadelphia. He's concussed, we're told. And uh, Couturier from Philadelphia got hurt today at practice. His status for tomorrow is uncertain. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double M, what's going on? He's a gangster. Yes, I need your advice, super genius. You're an ass, you're an ass, you're an ass. DX at 105.9. I just saw the video of the collision between the Flyers defenseman Rod Kogudas and their number one set of Couturier that led to Couturier limping out of practice and now his status is in doubt for tomorrow's game four between the Penguins and Flyers at Philadelphia. Goudas stuck on his right skate and tripped Couturier when he was coming at great speed. And it looked like Goudas was collecting a puck. And he's such a knucklehead, it's tough for him to do two things at once. You know, collect a puck and not cripple his team's number one center. You got to see it. I just retweeted it at Mark Madden X. Hey, that's what happens when you have a clumsy moron on your team. Goudas taking a Couturier. He did what no peg was defenseman has been able to do so far. Actually, Katori has been a minimal factor. Played pretty good in game two, but but that's about it. And the Flyers beat writers keep saying that if Katori can't play tomorrow, the centers will likely just move up the lineup. Nolan Patrick, second line to first. Val Philpula, third line to second. Uh, Jory Laterra, Fourth line to third, and Scott Lawton plays fourth line center instead of fourth line wing. Boy, that makes that center position real weak, and it's not what I would do. I'd put Cloud Giroux back at center, where up until this year he had played almost all of his career. Let's go to Jeremy on 79 North. Jeremy, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good Tuesday afternoon, Mr. Madden. Right on. Hey, uh, I agree with your configuration for the power play units with Hornquist being down. I wanted to run an idea past you for the lines. Uh, I think you can put Rust up with Sid and Gensel. You leave the Geno line intact as is. Sherry can play right wing. So maybe you move him to right wing on the Broussard line and you put a Aston Reese on left wing on that line and then let the others fill in the fourth. It would not surprise me if that happened uh, if Simone proves not up to the task of playing on Sid's line. I just think Simone, Sherry, and Broussard would be too weak defensively, too weak literally in a physical sense, and it would give Broussard too big a load to carry with those wingers. Right, right. I agree. The the physicality is what really concerns me about Hornquist being injured and not being on Sid's line in the first place. I know the Flyers aren't the bruisers they used to be, but it's still nice. Like When Hornquist was on Sid's line... Sid has to handle much less of the burden physically, even though the puck is down below the hash marks more. Hornquist is doing not all the grunt work. Sid likes to do X amount of that. But when he's out there with Gensel 
And tonight, Simone or Ross Sherry, whoever, Sid has to handle by far the bulk of that. And that puts him at risk and wears him down. Let's go to the dude, the bowling alley. Dude, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Yeah, double M. Hey, uh, what do you think about possibly having Shea in front of the Nets on the power play? No. All right, then. Why would you even think that's remotely a good idea? Well, I mean, he's good down low, plus he's a big body. If you had maybe some concern with... Now, you do understand the idea is to score on the power play. (laughs) He has 30 points this year, though. Yep, and last year he didn't score a goal in 78 games. But that was last year. Yep. He's not exactly Brett Hull in any context, is he? Thank you for the call. A lot of people want to give Riley Shane a bigger role than he showed he can handle. He's the fourth-line center and a penalty killer. That's it. That's the list. Just let him be a fourth-line center and a penalty killer. He's pretty good at that. Don't give him jobs. He's incapable of doing well. Let's go to Terrell in Latrobe. Terrell, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, with Warney being hurt, we should talk about them picking up Stamkos. Now, you know the trade deadline's long since passed, right? What do you think they'd have to give Tampa for Stamkos? What kind of deal do you think would have to be made in the middle of a playoff? A big one. Right, that's what I'm thinking, too. And you certainly got double-crossed by me talking down to you like you're a third grader, although, frankly, you don't have the maturity or the intelligence. Are your friends sitting there with you and you're all not wearing pants? Because I suspect that's the case. What's going on out there in Latrobe? I hear you're sucking on Arnold Palmer's golf clubs. Is that true? Last night's uh, hockey scores, the results, reflected something, which is, it's really hard to sweep a series. New Jersey beat Tampa. So that series is two games to one, Tampa. Toronto beat Boston. So that series is two games to one, Boston. Colorado beat Nashville. So that series is two games to one, Nashville. San Jose is up three games to none. The Sharks killed Anaheim eight to one. I feel bad for Johnny Whitehall, John Gibson, the local lad in goal for Anaheim because that team has fallen apart out there in Anaheim, and I don't think it's much to do with him. But the point is it's real hard to win three games in a row, let alone sweep a series. There have been a bunch of good games so far, though, Colorado just keeps scoring the first goal every game. Toronto and Boston do not like each other. And one thing's for sure, Ric Flair is everywhere. I posted a blog about it, some video. Check it out on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Ric Flair is everywhere in these Stanley Cup playoffs. He's on just about every video screen in every rink in these Stanley Cup playoffs. Woo! Nature's everywhere. The Flyers give a nature boy robe to their player of the game after a win, but it's a sad, cheap imitation. It looks like they took a ratty old bathrobe and sewed on a couple rhinestones and spangles. I think it's a nature boy Buddy Landell model, uh, not Ric Flair. If it were a Ric Flair robe, any of the Flyers would get lost in the arms. So check out that blog on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Tonight, 
I will definitely be watching Washington and Columbus, game three. Part of me thinks Washington is done, and part of me thinks the Capitals are going to win tonight. I'm probably right on both counts. Holtby is back in goal for Washington. Let's see if Holtby can find his form. In some ways, this is a career crossroads for that young man. Uh, It won't be as hard for Holtby as if he were playing the Penguins. The Pens are definitely his bogey team, but uh, Holtby and the Caps both have a a big hole to dig their way out of. Let's see how they do tonight. I don't forget, I'm at Chapito Restaurant Cigar Bar tomorrow night. That's in the Strip for a Penguins viewing party. Woo! What's causing all this? Uh, that's going to be crazy, so be sure to join me at Chapino in the Strip to watch the Pens and Flyers. Tomorrow night, Game 4, it's pivotal. Get yourself a Super Genius Burger. It is amazing. I'll have more crap to give away, so be there at Chapino to watch the game tomorrow night with me, the Super Genius. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. If you're just tuning in, Patrick Hornquist will miss Game 4 at Philadelphia tomorrow night. Coach Mike Sullivan says he has an upper body injury, but I'm told it's likely a concussion. Sean Couturier, the Flyers' number one center, collided with that big lump of a defenseman, Rod Kogudas, in practice today. He limped off, did not complete practice, and there's no word on his availability for tomorrow. It was bad. I, I just retweeted the video. He went down, he threw his stick, couldn't get up at first at all, had to be helped up. It was it was bad. Hopefully he's hurt in a way that will keep him out for the rest of this series. And then after that, I hope he's perfectly healthy. I hope he makes the full recovery. Oh, who am I kidding? I hope that jerk limps for the rest of his born days. Uh, We didn't talk nearly enough about James Harrison yesterday. At least it feels like we didn't. Uh, Getting back to him for a second, some of the Steeler players are changing their tune about Harrison now that he's retired. Uh, When Harrison left for New England, Bud Dupree said then, Harrison didn't mentor young players He no-showed position meetings or fell asleep at them. Dupree said Harrison didn't stay for games when he was on the inactive list. And as Marquise Ponzi said, direct quote here, quote, he erased himself. He erased his own legacy, unquote. Now, since Harrison retired yesterday, Ryan Shazier and Vince Williams both kissed Harrison's ass on social media. I learned so much, blah, blah, blah. Ike Taylor said on Twitter, love you to James Harrison. Then Ike sent him a video of himself in the shower, self-flagellating. And Ike, that's just not going to get you back on the NFL network. But I don't care what people think of Harrison, and I don't care what he thinks of people or what his relationship is like with the Steelers now. I'm just glad to see him go. He was a great player, but... In no way is James Harrison a noble figure. He's a domestic abuser and a lifelong bully. So he should not be remembered as 
a noble figure. Peter King, by the way, obviously very few know more about football than the Monday morning quarterback. Pete implied on Twitter that Harrison might be a Hall of Famer. And Harrison might be. But it's becoming more and more the Hall of Very Good. Case in point, we'll talk about this at length uh, later in the show. Alan Fanick has been a finalist for the Hall of Fame the last three years. Hasn't made it. Fanick made first team All-Pro six times. Harrison only made it twice. Fanick made the NFL's All-Decade team for the 2000s. First team. Harrison didn't. Not first, not second team either. Fanica might be the best guard in the history of football. Harrison ain't that for linebackers. So if Fanica has trouble getting into the Hall of Fame, how come some of you think Harrison's an automatic pick? When the fact of the matter is, Alan Fanica is way up there when it comes to guards. And James Harrison is merely above average when it comes to linebackers. In the big picture, that's all Harrison is, an above-average linebacker. But like I keep saying, it is more and more the hall of very good, the hall of above average. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. More Harrison talk at the top of the hour. More Hornquist talk all day long. Did you do your taxes? If you haven't yet, and don't pay, I think it has to be postmarked today, right? Well, you'll go to jail. Even though you've probably paid already more than your fair share to a government that just takes and takes and takes and takes. But that's your problem, not mine, because I'm rich. 105.90X. I just watched that video again at Flyers practice of Gudas tripping, almost leg-whipping with his skate. Senator Sean Couturier, who had to be helped off, and his status is unknown for tomorrow's Game 4 against Pittsburgh at Philadelphia. I can't believe he did it. It's almost like there's no way he wanted to do it, but it looks like he did. It's like a vicious... Stick your skate out and take the guy out type of trip. Couturier was not best pleased. Not only was he hurt, but he fired a few choice words at Gudas after the trip. So if Hornquist is out, well, maybe that'll be offset by the absence of Couturier. Although, uh, I think there are very few players that are more difficult for the Penguins to get by without than Hornquist. Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Murray. After that, Hornquist might be the most difficult guy the Penguins have to replace. Then again, you got to look at depth. You know, depth in certain spots. The Penguins do have a lot of wings, but none like Hornquist, and especially none like Hornquist on the power play. Uh, like I've been saying all year, there aren't many guys left like Hornquist in the whole league. What would you do to replace Hornquist? Dial 412-333-WXDX to let me know. Who should play on Sid's line? Looks like it's going to be Dominic Simone tomorrow. Who should be on the first power play? Looks like it's going to be Jake Gensel. What would you do if you're Mike Sullivan 
to help the Penguins win despite the absence of Patrick Hornquist tomorrow night at Philadelphia. Uh, Steelers had kind of an unexpected visitor today. A lot of the Steeler beat writers were speculating they probably didn't want this information to get out there. Justin Reed, safety from Stanford, visited the Steelers' facilities today. Everyone's assuming the Steelers are going to go inside backer with their first round pick, but Justin Reed is projected to go in the first round of the upcoming NFL draft, so maybe the Steelers are looking to get a safety and not a backer with that first pick. Today is tax day, so good luck to all you ham and acres who do your own taxes and always at the last minute, right? I have a team of accountants to handle my vast wealth, but I always get a refund because of my charity contributions because I do nice things for people, just not for you. Speaking of nice people, Starbucks' reputation has been totally decimated because two people at one of their Philadelphia locations got arrested for being black. Now, all 175,000 of their employees have to undergo training to make sure it doesn't happen again. If I were a barista or whatever they call those going nowhere losers that work at a Starbucks, I just wouldn't take the training. And if they fired me, I'd go get another going nowhere job. Seriously, why should 175,000 employees have to go through this training because a couple of knuckleheads screwed the pooch at one store? But ain't that America something to see, baby? Ain't that America for you and me? No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Here's a story that indicates what is wrong with sports today. Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay quarterback, is upset because he doesn't have input on personnel decisions. Dude, you're the quarterback. You're not the general manager. Then again, even Brady and Belichick are butting heads in New England. The star players get more and more power. We got Greg and Kevin on hold. We'll get to them in a second. In just 30 seconds, I'll give you my final word on James Harrison's retirement. You're listening to Double M on 105.9.